What up, y'all? Uh, very special edition. Justified City Primeval Season Recap. So, I did a recap of the first two episodes, and I think it's only an eight-episode run, so I figured I'd just touch back and wrap it all up and see what we had here. Was it a good idea to bring it all back? The whole crew? Well, not even the whole crew. Really, just Raylan. Um, and if you haven't watched the whole thing, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers ahead. We're talking about the whole run. All eight episodes. So, what separated this from the regular version of Justified, which is one of my favorite shows ever. I did a rewatch maybe a year or two ago. We sampled it on Vegas Vic. Um, what's very different I noticed about this whole run is it was similar to um, Shots to Rapswell from um, Pen Pals. We were talking briefly about um, The Long Goodbye with um, Elliot Gould which is another one of the best movies ever made. And how in that movie, they took the Philip Marlowe character, which is hugely popular and influential, but by the time the 70s hit, he didn't mean anything. And they literally just plopped him into the 70s, where he's waking up into a different life. And he doesn't really point it out, but how people looked at Philip Marlowe from all the books from Raymond Chandler and all the movies and shows... It was a different Marlowe, even though the character at his core has the same ideas, ideals and principles. So I feel like this season of Justified was that with Raylan. There is no connection to anything from the Dixie Mafia and the Kentucky Hollers and Art and Rachel and Tim from the Marshall's office and Winona and Ava. None of that. So obviously at the very, very, very end, we had the return of Boy Crowder, which was fucking incredible. I was pumping my fists. Like the juices were going when I saw uh, Walton Goggins pop back up, man. That was amazing. And that does give me hope for another run of this show. But um, to go back to Raylan in the original run, I felt like they just plopped him into a totally different show. And there's good and bad to that. So. It's good because they didn't just... They wanted to go somewhere new. And the people that ran this show worked on the old show. It's not the same showrunner, Graham Yost. Um, and they took other Elmore Leonard books. Uh, I think it's called like The Oklahoma Kid and then City Prime Evil. And put it into one show. But the weird part was, was like Raylan wasn't a character in either one of those books. And it felt like... This show was more about those books than Raylan. Um, so you got like a bookend piece with him and his daughter, uh, him and Winona, yeah, him and Boyd. But for the most of the show, to me it was more of like a how fucked up Detroit is. <laughs> that was the gist of it. You had the Albanian mafia just kind of doing what they want. You have... Every cop he deals with, with the exception of um, the older black dude, is a piece of shit, right? So they're all fucked up and corrupt and not caring. Then you have the love interest slash lawyer who is also Clement Martell's um, lawyer and Sweetie's just about adopted dad. Sweetie's a piece of shit. Um... And she reveals herself to kind of be a piece of shit at the end because she hands over her her um, client to be assassinated essentially by the Albanians. 
So the counter argument is, well, he was such a maniac that he had everybody in shambles and freaking out because he was always one step ahead, one step ahead, while also highly dangerous and, you know, enjoying the idea of being an outlaw. Um, homegirl was scared to death of him, the, uh, Sandy. And um, the lawyer, uh, Carolyn, that's her name. She was obviously horrified that this guy had her wrapped around the pinky. And Raylan wanted to kill this motherfucker from the first or second episode when he found Raylan's daughter in the um, the uh, the hotel. So everyone had an incentive to wipe this guy out. And the Albanians were fucking up homeboy that got you know pulled into the scam. But you're not supposed to fucking kill this dude. Like, <laughs> that's not why you're in law enforcement or in the legal field to, you know, advocate for the murder of a maniac. You know, uh, so the dirty DC, I mean, the dirty Detroit cops, The oh, the judge was dirty at the beginning. Shouts to Keith David. He was dirty. Um, shouts to David Cross, former scumbag. He was obviously dirty. And so... Like the Elmer Leonard world of books and movies and characters, you always have the criminals brushing up against either other criminals or the law enforcement. And they keep bumping into each other and bumping into each other until one of them gets shot, killed, or beat up. That's the nature of how all of his stuff works. And so early on, we saw, you know, Raylan beat the shit out of Clement, which was great. But then we saw Clement just one up his ass and him killing the judge haphazardly and having the book, like, it made the pursuit of everything kind of meaningless because they never figured out that that was all just a random act of violence and then it set off this domino effect of everyone trying to get their hands on this book to either use it to their advantage or um, to wrap everything up and close the door on it before someone else gets their hands on it. So... That was a weird crime to centralize the whole season around because there was just no resolution to that at all. And when you put Raylan in this world of a dastardly maniac who... And the dude was pretty good. Like, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's his name in real life? Boyd Holbrook, who played Clement Martell. Or Manzel. I kept saying Martell. Manzel. Clement Manzel. Apologies. He... He was weird because he had a southern accent and he was a bastard, but he is not a typical justified villain where they have the overly articulate way about speaking and they think they're smarter than they are around Raylan. And Boyd's the only one that actually lives up to it. But all the other ones, all the crows, Dewey Crow, Dickie Crow, uh, the Michael Rappaport dude, uh, the, the crow from Florida. All these motherfuckers are like... Even Wynn Duffy's probably the smartest just because he knows how to play the game. He's on some little finger shit from Game of Thrones. But the rest of them are just... They look at Raylan being like, I'm waiting for you to get me, but I don't think you can. And Manziel is on that shit too of like, I can't wait for you to square off with me somewhere because I'm going to fucking kill you. And until then, I'm going to keep fucking with you to make to show you that I'm not impressed and I I hear you shoot people down I'm going to give you that opportunity at some point so he was good I just felt like he was very psychotic and hard, like scary even though he was trying to be you know a charmer and a manipulator 
and putting people at ease. But overall, he was really good. It was just not really in tune with how justified bad people have acted in the past. Um, he was kind of similar to Quarles in a way, now that I think about it. But Quarles was... He was just, like, totally tilted. Like, I hate being here. I want to fucking kill you people. You piss me off. And it's fun to me to, like, wring pain and death. Whereas the thing, you know, like, this guy was trying to be a rock singer. <laughs> covering <laughs> white stripes all the time. And looked up to Sweetie, I guess, because Sweetie was a musician. It was just a little odd to me. Um, but I enjoyed him, and I was, you know, very thrilled when this motherfucker got shot in the living... I mean, uh, in the kitchen. So, let's talk about Raylan. Because the show's about him. It was like his... Um, no Country for Old Men. I feel like th this season was that. Where it wasn't... It wasn't, like... Um, depressing. But it was... The last couple of episodes were getting kind of fucking dark. Like... It, it was... It was like... Especially when they found the female um, who was like, let him stay with them. She was dirty. The other guy was a super dickhead. Um, the white dude. His girlfriend is like... He's obviously trying to protect her and he wants to shoot this motherfucker. But she was quite okay with him being boxed up with the Albanians. And then he wakes up in the middle of the night like, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> I gotta bring this guy in and or I gotta shoot this motherfucker. And when he, when Manziel showed up and broke into her house and Raylan's waiting there, you know, they had the great scene before in the hotel when Raylan's like baiting him. He's like, all right, pick up that motherfucking gun and like, let's go at it. That was, that was dope. I really, I wish it wasn't interrupted with the Albanians. Um, that would have been a much iller shootout. Like there was a, one of the scenes in one of the seasons where they were at a motel and uh, a dude broke in when he was with Winona trying to have a shootout with him and there's this like little small table in the motel room and uh, the, they, they put a gun in between them and they put a timer and Raylan pulls, when the timer goes off, he pulls like the um, tablecloth and the dude goes with a knife like he was going to stab his hand. That was going to be his move. And Raylan just pulls the tablecloth and once the guy pulls a knife, Raylan just gets him and fucking blasts him within you know two feet. So I was hoping for something like that. And what we got instead was more of like a No Country for Old Man ending. Where Raylan lets off on this dude who's about to give him the tape. His fucking demo tape. And he's like, damn, chicken fat. Like, why'd you have to go ahead and shoot me or kill me? You know, like it was... You know, he's like, well, what would you kill me for? And I feel like that was so brutal. And Homegirl just called the morgue. Like, she wanted to see him dead. Nobody wanted to, you know, do their job and <laughs> put this guy behind bars. It was it was pretty dark and dirty. And so when he's at the very end and he, David Koechner's there with the other dude who's retiring, they were like from the, or the first season, um, they're going to give Raylan the job and he fucking retires. And that was like the no country for old men of, you know, I can't do this shit anymore, man. Like, my daughter is older I pulled her into this world where a fucking maniac is hobnobbing with her and about to potentially harm her. And, um, you know, like, I mean, Manziel fucking John Wick the entire Albanian mafia. He fucking wiped him out. Um, but Raylan was kind of looking at him like, what am I doing? You know, like, I'm sleeping with a woman that's okay with setting up her 
or what's the name to be killed and then she had the angles on using the judge's book with sweetie to become the, her, the judge herself which she ended up becoming so like she's dirty it was like a very david simon way of looking at things where basically like all these institutions are fucked everyone is greedy and burned out and the system created to do good fails and they, and they know it so they color outside the lines to get their promotion to keep their job to get their pension to you know level up and i felt like you know like manzel said that Raylan at the beginning he was like damn like you're old like what does it say about guys like you that aren't the bosses anymore either nobody wants you up there or like you love this shit too much like you want to hunt motherfuckers and i think you know Raylan being in that detroit world like i said where everyone's a scumbag i feel like that broke him you know he's like what the fuck i don't want to do this shit i just want to go paint my house sit on a boring ass boat with my daughter who's a teenager and i'm sure they've had an interesting relationship um you know and like what else is this guy gonna do until boyd there he is boyd fucking crowder breaks out of jail by seducing a co and she breaks him out and fucks up my man luis guzman locks him in the back of the, the van oh man luis guzman the casting on the season was the best i mean you could see how many people love the original show and we're down to pop in for five minutes here 20 minutes there and uh it was a great time that was really fun so i felt like this was a like a deep like a wrong turn somewhere it was like one of those wrong turn shows or wrong turn movies where people get stuck off the path and then they have to navigate this world that they're not handled they're not used to handling so it kind of felt like that to me there wasn't a lot of great dialogue um which is my favorite part of justified outside of seeing you know uh timothy Olfant and um uh walton goggins just being incredible actors so for me it was kind of a letdown with that overall i would give it like a b minus of a season i mean it was great that it was short i'm glad they didn't stretch it out you know you know so a lot of these episodes just got right to the point which i'm into but yeah the boy crowder piece man oh see if we can get back to that space and win duffy and all them and fucking dickie shows <laughs> shouts to jeremy davies yeah if we can get back to that for the next season if they do it i would love it it was just kind of like plucking Raylan out of the actual justified universe and then plopping him into a david simon world that's just what it felt like to me it was even the way it was filmed everything was like bluish and gray like it was cold like everything was cold to me and he got damaged by that world you know to where like again he just lets off on on our man who obviously broke and entered and has just killed a bunch of albanians but <laughs> he and without even blade he's like boom just shot this motherfucker no build up no showdown no putting a gun on the table and none of that machismo bravado he just popped this motherfucker and you know in uh in the, in the girlfriend's house so thank you for uh, checking this out thanks for enjoying um this show i highly recommend um i went and, and reread the book raylan uh, i read it when it first came out in 2012 and then i just bought a copy because i've been i've been on the road with the family so it was a great read. Um, it's more tied into the re the regular show, and it was the first time Elmore Leonard just spent time only with Raylan, um, just for his entire book. So I'm gonna go check out the other books, The City Primeval, and then the uh, the Oklahoma Kid, which is what the Clement Manzel character is based on. I'm gonna read those next. Uh, love Elmore Leonard. And uh, another side note, just read an awesome book. Uh, maybe I'll do like a show on it separately. 
I bought the book in Berkeley. It's called How to Ruin a Record Label by uh, Larry Livermore. And it's all about um, the East Bay punk scene of the 80s and early 90s until he sold the label. And I'm not that familiar. I mean, a lot of the bands I know of, like Operation Ivy and fucking Green Day, we all know them. Uh, but there's been so many great bands I've found reading this book. And um, it's like 15 bucks. It's a great... If, if you just like music books, I always like to read books about shit either I know intimately, like the Raekwon book or the Fat Joe book, or on genres and artists and movements I just missed or don't know much about because they're just interesting people. So How to Ruin a Record Label by Larry Livermore. Highly recommend that book. And um, yeah, sorry I have an alarm going off here. Um, so we're good to go. So thanks for listening. Um, make sure you fuck with us on Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. Shouts to everybody fucking with stacking chips. Um, that's moving along nicely. And shouts to everybody supporting me on Bandcamp Friday. Uh, don't wait for me to leave vinyls flying out of here as well as 96 mentality. So that's it. Peace the fuck out.